With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to AI Extra, I am your host Guy Drinkle and in today's show we will be going through our personal Liverpool match day squads, we'll be doing the 11, we'll be doing the substitute bench as well, but I'm going to introduce my guests before we start with the, uh, I imagine we're going to start with the goalkeeper unless someone's really got off the boil with the team, but Gavin, <laughs> how are you doing Gavin? I'm good mate, thanks for having us on again. Oh it was good, good debut last time we were on. Um and also joining us is John O'Sullivan. He hasn't done his introductory thing with me before, but he has been on. He was probably on before I was actually on AI. Actually, how are you doing, John? Uh, never better. Thanks for having me on. Good stuff. Good stuff. And we actually have a debutant, so I'm going to allow him to introduce himself, give his Twitter out, give his give his story of becoming a Liverpool fan as well. Um, Jay <laughs> Sutherland, how are you doing, Jay? I'm good. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah. So. Jay Sutherland on Twitter as well, nice and simple. Um, yeah, really looking forward to doing the show today. Been massive Liverpool fan all my life. Started basically because my brothers were Liverpool fans, basically, and as I grew up, I just copied what they supported, as you do when you're a kid, really. <laughs> I didn't have much choice. I don't think I could have supported anyone else. So, uh, yeah, and it all culminated in um, just a, you know, a couple of months ago, going to watch Liverpool in the Champions League final in that um in that match in Kiev that ended in disappointment. But, um, Not yeah, jealous. massive Liverpool fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I meant to meet yeah, with, Gag, uh, with Gags then, but, um, it never happened because there was so much going on. It was absolutely mental at that final. So much going on. But yeah, so really excited about being involved with this and looking forward to today. Good stuff. Good stuff. So we'll, we'll kick off with it with the, with the team picking. So Jay, I'll stick with you. We're going to have to pick a formation individually, and then we'll kind of come together towards the end. So what formation are you going to pick for your individual team? Well, it's a bit of an obvious one, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be any particular surprises, especially when we're playing normal teams, so mm-hmm. to speak. You know, your average match week in, week out, I would probably go for your 4-3-3. Three, three. Um, and... Uh, might, I might change it a little bit against the weaker teams, or the so-called weaker teams anyway, mm-hmm. because we always struggle to break them down. Um, yeah, so should I go through my team? Um, do you want to just start with your goal? I, well, we're all going to pick Alisson, aren't we? <laughs> That's the weird thing. <laughs> what? But, I was going to choose Carriers. Oh, God. <laughs> That's a joke. I think that will kick you off. <laughs> uh... That was a quick debut. Yeah. Um, do you want to start with your right-back, then? Yeah, sure. Well, I... Providing Trent's up to speed, I would love to carry on with TAA. Mm-hmm. I, uh, 
I think he's done a great job at the end, back end of last season. I think it would be unwise to to put him on the subs bench again. Um, I'd probably pip him in there over Klein at the moment. For the start of the season, though, who, who do you favour out the backup ones? Because I imagine Trent won't be ready for the start. Well, I was wondering that, but he's back, at, he's back in training, wasn't he, today? Mm. So he might be. But if not, then I would go for Klein. Yeah. Um, yeah, over over Gomez at this point. I mean, Gomez is still a bit, you know, raw as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Um, and especially in that right-back position. Very true. And John, I'll, I'll come to you on this one. I mean, what what formation are you thinking? Are you thinking anything different of 4-3-3? Uh, no, I think predominantly I play 4-3-3, but uh, as was mentioned there, against certain teams I might kind of switch the shape a bit, maybe yeah. to a variant of 4-4-2. Um, we were speaking before we came on about the last game of the season against Brighton where we played. You know, there were so many different theories on what the actual shape was between 4 2 4 2 or 4-4-2, but basically a 4-4-2 in my mind is a way of kind of getting our best attacking players all in the pitch at the same time. And given the structure of the games against kind of poorer teams at home, it probably doesn't matter as much of the way, of the shape that we play because the attacking threat is pretty much nil from the opposition they're content to sit in. So I think predominantly 4-3-3, but on some instances I might play, say, a 4-2-2-2. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds fair to me. I mean, I imagine, I'm going to ask, I have to ask you all, but are you, are you all going to start, Alison? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to cut in a minute ago and say, sorry, we seem to have glossed over the fact that we've got the most expensive goalkeeper in the world. And can we all just have a little five minute, let's get dead excited about how good this guy's going to be for us? Because you... I've not been on a pod where I've been able to be enthusiastic about the fact that we've got the most expensive goalkeeper in the world I'll say it again um, <laughs> so um, I mean I've just I've just been dead lucky just before we came on I've just uh, gone on the um, LFC TV go and they've released uh, inside training and it was showing Allison mm. and games uh, you know in a, in a bit of a small sided game and stuff and mm. he's he just he, he's huge and yeah. uh, there's, there's a bit where he makes a, a save you've probably seen it on Twitter but the camera pans back and Virgil van Dijk has just got this grin from ear to ear. Yeah. He just looks so happy. Um, and the noise, like from the from the team when he made that save, is just absolutely brilliant. So I can't imagine. What, I mean, I'm excited. I can't imagine what those guys are feeling. What do you think, Jono? Uh, it's. I mean, yeah, like you said, the reactions of the other players. Salah just has the look of a man that knows. Okay, this is going to win me a trophy here. Yeah. Um, Wow, I I wonder if that was like one of their first takes, or if they were trying all day to get that <laughs> to see whether that would happen. But I'm just going to indulge in the fantasy that that was literally the first thing he done, and he, <laughs> conti- he continued in a similarly impressive vein the entire training session. But uh, yeah, what a signing! Like, how could you not be excited? Yeah, Fantastic. you'd have to be dead inside. <laughs> it's oh, just man. been a it's just been a, a problem position for so long, and we've. We've trundled along by signing like Mignolet, who was a bit of a punt, and then Carrius, who was a bit of a punt. And I think most of us have just been like, go and sort it out. Just do what you did with Van Dyke and go and sort it. And that's exactly what we've done. And <clears throat> to see that guy in the sticks at home um, for the first game is just going to be a, it's just going to be really exciting for me. What do you think, Jay? Yeah, exactly the same. I think having a guy like him is going to not only for the for the fact that he's massive and he's obviously a great keeper but it's, it's about the confidence that he gives everyone in front of him as well 
And I think just from his presence, it will give the, give everyone else confidence. So yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing him. Are you looking forward to him doing his first Cruyff turn? <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that on Twitter. <laughs> Jeez. That will give us a few uh, heart attacks, won't it? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Would you like to go back to the agenda now? I imagine it's been everyone's first pod since Alison's time, so I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. But John, I'll, co- I'll come back to you, John. Who, who's your right back going to be in, in general for the season? So for the right back, yeah, I would say I'd always go with Trent Alexander-Arnold. But uh, like was mentioned before as well, that uh, he mightn't necessarily be ready for West Ham. In which case, uh, I'd have, I'd have Klein starting. I mean, I preface this with saying I'm not Klein's biggest fan, but as backup right backs go, he's probably the best in the league. Mm. I mean, yeah. you can make, you can make arguments for Aurier, but Aurier hasn't been as good as he could have been for Spurs. So anyway, mm. he's up, he's up there at one of the best in the league. And, uh, you know, Klein, Klein being an option at right back means that if we were ever needed to do it, we could play Gomez center half, which I think he should focus on. And we could play Trent in midfield, which he's well capable of doing. So as much as I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of Klein, I can understand his worth to the team and uh, or to the squad, rather. And I think he can be quite important for us as the season progresses. So uh, long term, it's going to be Trent Alexander-Arnold uh, when he's ready after the World Cup. But uh, I think if going off reports that uh, that he won't be ready for West Ham, I play Klein. But overall, it would be Trent. Gavin, anyone yeah. different for you? I mean, do you have like a born of a Camacho or something like that? Oh, mate. Um, well, thanks very much for leaving me third again, by the way. You <laughs> did that on the first podcast. So it's not an awful lot I can say because I just agree with what the other two lads have said. <laughs> um, maybe we could have a little chat about Camacho because I think he's shocked everyone, hasn't he? Um, yeah. He's yeah. looked, I mean, no one would have called that. Um, before pre-season starts and he's just looked he's, he's looked the part he really has he doesn't look overawed I know we've played some p- poorer teams but even when we've stepped up against the, the other teams he's looked good um, <clears throat> of, course, of course I think Trent's the number one um, uh, whether, whether he'll play against West Ham I don't know but I'm, I'm fairly certain he's, he's pretty fit and he's he's been at the World Cup and he's trained every day but he hasn't played that much um, so I mean I, I don't have any problem with Klein. I think Klein is you you solid six, seven out of ten every week. When he when he was playing for us before his injury, he was seven out of ten, seven out of ten. Doesn't isn't as good as Klein going forward, but he's perhaps a bit more solid going back. So where you lose one way, you gain the other way. Um, so I wouldn't have a problem with Klein starting in the first game. Um, but I mean, I mean, we're just pretty strong there, and I think that's that's a fantastic thing to have um, because in in past years we've had Crankamp and. Um, you know, those sort of guys, yeah, I've just got shiver up and down my spine. Like that. Um, so it's, it's just fantastic to be in the position we're in and, and Camacho just strengthens it again. I mean, do, do you guys think that he's going to go out on loan or do you think we'll keep hold of him? It's hard I mean, to know. Be- Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, he's not even really a right back, is he? Um, no. Not really. So, I mean, it's a difficult one because he's got even more, uh, sort of competition up uh, in, on the wings, but, I reckon he'll probably play for the under 23s. That's that's my expectation of it for this season. But I don't know. Obviously, what are you going to say, John? Uh yeah, I was going to say something similar. I mean, if you were to loan him, would you loan him as a winger or would you loan him as a right back with the yeah. long term aim of developing in there? So he's only 18, I think. So I don't know if he will go out and loan yet, but he might play like you said a season in the under 23s. I think I think the interesting thing is we want tactical flexibility, don't we? And if we play three at the back with win backs, then we've got Trent and 
Camacho who can do, do that job. I don't fancy Klein as much as a wing back as I do as a right back in a four. Um, yeah. Would you agree, point. Guy? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's last season for uh, for Steven Gerrard, he, he pretty much played 90% of the time at right wing back. So he does seem to quite suit that. But you you are, all these are right, he is a winger and I think he was a number 10 at first, but I think everyone eventually turns into a winger from that position, don't they? Um, but yeah, I mean, right wing back, it seems to be, it seems to be a new fad for wingers where we seen with Victor Moses probably most noticeably where a winger can turn into a wing back as long as they've got a good system and good players around them. So I think Camacho, as you, as you said, Gavin, the flexibility that he can play winger and, and right back and wing back, it, it adds quite a lot to the squad and, don't want to be rushing about an 18-year-old, um, but well, we've seen we've seen him back. Trent can make at at 19. I'm not comparing Camacho to Trent by any means of the mm. any stretch of the imagination, but he, he he's very talented. And the best thing about t- him, he loves a worldie. That's the best he, thing. Yeah, <laughs> he is very talented. I think <clears throat> looking at Trent, um, Trent seems to develop physically a bit more than him. So that might be in his favour. I mean, you've got to caveat it. It is pre-season. So you get into playing West Ham the first game of the season and you're talking about playing against men. He might look out of his depth. Yeah. You don't know. But they've certainly got a decision to make over him, I think. Um, I um, Just going back to the, the agenda, uh, looking at the um, looking at the formation, I think we've got to go in with a back four, although I'm sure horses for courses. At some stage, you'll play a back three. But um, a back four and then, you know, some sort of variation on 3-3 three, three above them, whether that be two pivots and one ahead or one pivot and two ahead. Um, or you can even have them in a straight line. I mean, you can have um, Fabinho, then, say, for argument's sake, Henderson. And then, you know, we saw Shakiri play almost as a 10, didn't he, with the other night, which it took me about 10 minutes to figure out what was going on. Uh, when we played Man United in the second half, because you go, Shakiri's not supposed to be playing there. I didn't know he could play there. But he yeah. certainly wasn't on the wing. And then you realised, actually, he's playing almost as part of the midfield three, although the most advanced one behind, um, I think it was Solanke and then uh, Sturridge, wasn't it? So it's really, really interesting. But I think 4 3 threes is preferred. I mean, four, the, the other way to look at it is 4 2 3 one, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and go that way. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's there's much. You can't really say much about um, how that's going to change. I think Klopp's always for the first three seasons. That's the way he's played, really, with us, hasn't he? With or some variation on four yeah. three three. Very yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. So, so Gav, we'll move on to the next position. This is how it works, Gav. You go last on the first one, and now you get <laughs> the now you get the first. Oh, you're backtracking now, Gav. Yeah. You're backtracking. You like to put me under pressure. I'm sure. That <laughs> you you get the much discussed right centre back well, position I'll... first. There you go. Just... <laughs> <laughs> well, just let me get go and get me tin hat because, as you know, I don't have a problem with uh, Dejan Lovren at all. Um, I think I think he's okay. Um, I think he's played some great games for us, and he's had. I uh, said on the last pod, he's had um, Lukaku in his arse pocket. He's had other big players in his arse pocket. He's brilliant in the Champions League final. Yes, he's got, he's made mistakes, but you know, I kind of believe that those mistakes, hopefully, because of his experience, experiences recently in the confidence that he got, will will be less and less. Um, I mean, I, I, I certainly don't believe we we need to bring anyone in. The only person I bring someone in for perhaps is Matic, just because his injury record has been so poor. Um, so, I mean, Van Dyke and Lovren going forward for me is absolutely fine at centre-back. 
Yeah, fair enough. I mean, John, coming to you, might as well do. Well, you might as well do. Who's playing next to Van Dyke? Game. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Who, who, yeah. Who do you see as the right centre back? John, just be gentle with me, mate. Yeah. We we have a lot of nailed on ones, don't we? There's only we a few kind of questionable ones. Um, yeah. I'm not really a fan of Lovren nor Matip, but I think yeah, I'd probably go for Lovren, and I think. Any errors that he'd make are kind of mitigated by the fact that we have Fabinho shielding the defence. Like, we haven't had a defensive midfielder since Mascherano. So, that should in turn bring solidity. And then there's Alisson, who, you know, I don't know, his English seems grand, so uh, communication shouldn't be too much of an issue. And so, that's a massive intangible in terms of confidence that would bring to the back four. Yeah. And, like, as much as, like, I, I'm, I've been massive critical of him, I mean, the defence post Van Dyke. Has a you know it's it's stabilised an awful lot. It's improved so massively. Best I record think, in the league, wasn't it? After Van Dyke came in. Yeah, I, I believe. So. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. So like as much as I want like another right sided centre half, it's not priority. I mean, we we've strengthened the defence kind of without strengthening the defence. If you know what I mean, we've like uh, yes, we've added something either side of the defence. So goalkeeper and defence in the field. So if you look at it as like a sandwich, uh, we've improved the bread. Yeah, that's a good yeah. analogy. I like that. So uh, yeah, I think I think I go with Lovren. I think he's Klopp's first choice, but like it's hard to know because Massive is always injured. So mm-hmm. I think even if Massive was like a much superior player, which I don't think he is, they're kind of they're kind of two cheeks of the same artist. They're neither of them are great that great <laughs> at reading at reading the game. Boys, well, what do you think it is with Massive? Why does he keep picking up? Injury that I don't listen. I haven't listened to the fatigue podcast yet, but I wonder whether Simon Brundish has got some theory on why um, Matip is is kind of injury prone. Is it down to his his stature, his his, his build? I, I haven't heard it either, but I think Sai put in. It was either the Facebook group or on Twitter. I can't remember, but he put in the the previous minutes or something like that. And Matip's played like multiple three thousand five hundred plus seasons or something like that. Right. Uh, so obviously Liverpool just break players. <laughs> yeah. Schalke, yeah. He, he, his injury records seem pretty fine. But didn't he have to have surgery? So maybe there was he came with an injury season. though. If you remember, did he? I can't remember. His first way. season when he signed. Am I right, Jay? Do you remember that at all? That, that rings a bell. Yeah, certainly. With that first season, I'm sure he had a few injuries and right at the start as well. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's a talented lad. It's definitely in there with him, but it's just getting him on the pitch. Yeah. Mm. He's so good on the ball. I mean, he's one of the yeah. better ball playing. Like he's played a lot in midfield in Germany, and you can tell. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I just think him and Lovren, like, he's just so, uh, he's too apprehensive at times, whereas Lovren would go head first into anything, which can be <laughs> too one, One's too aggressive yeah. and one's literally sleeping half the time. It's like, yeah. But yeah. Good. I think <laughs> I was listening to, I was listening to Paul Dalglish with Chuck Downey the other day, and Paul made a fantastic point, you know, uh, Lovren and, and, um, Lovren and Van Dyke complement each other really well, because Lovren is front foot. He, you know, he, he's aggressive and he's he's right in there and he, he he attacks things. Whereas Van Dyke's quite happy to sweep up behind. Really, um, Matip and Van Dyke shouldn't really work because they're similar similar players, really, aren't they? Yeah. The only thing about that is I think yeah. Van Dyke can do both. <laughs> ah, that's yeah. a decent point, yeah. actually, guy. Yeah, but I think most people will target the person next to Van Dyke, so it doesn't really matter half the time, does it? <laughs> Van Dyke in the Man United game, every single ball that got pumped up by Man United, he just murdered yeah. it back at them. It was Which frightening. Was, and then, and the, two, then the two balls that went to Lovren side went in. <laughs> 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 but uh, 
Jay, I'm going to have yeah. to come back to the centre-backs. Is it Lovren for you as well? I mean, I wasn't expecting a Lovren clean sweep. <laughs> Are you going to do it? Well, remember, he's one of the best defenders in the world, isn't he, at the moment, oh, according to him? <laughs> so, you, well, ignoring his own self-praise um, for a minute, I, I think he probably is uh, not one of the best defenders in the world, but I think he probably is the, the shoe-in at the moment alongside Virgil. Partly because Matip didn't even look particularly sharp in pre-season from what I saw. He had mm. a few, he had a couple of games where he just didn't look on it. He looked really slow. Um, and then he got picked up a little bit of an injury. I hope, hopefully he'll be, uh, fit in time for the new season. But, well, actually, speaking of that, Lovren's only going to have a week, isn't he, before mm. the West yeah. Ham game? Yeah. So, so yeah, he, he might not even be around for it. But, um, so with that in mind, who, who, who's your starting two? Because we don't actually, I've said Lovren, John said Lovren, but we can't actually choose him for West Ham, can we? Potentially not. Nor massive. Is massive injured as well? I, I was going to ask. In the, he's in the trading camp, so he may. What was he on the pictures the today? Did anyone notice? I haven't even looked at the pictures apart from Allison's big smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> I looked through them all and I couldn't see a Matip. Um, I couldn't see Cater either, but that's another matter. So, going to do a quick count: Gomez versus Clavon, Gavin. Oh well, I think it's been interesting in the preseason games that you've seen Clavon play with. Van Dyke and Van Dyke's played on the right. And it's yeah. obviously something he's looking to, he's definitely looking at that for West Ham. Yeah. Um, and Clavon was solid for us last season. He, he, he played some fantastic he games. He's not flashy. Till, till Van Dyke came in. It, yeah. It's a fair shout, mate. It's a fair shout. Um, so I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Um, it's less risk than playing Gomez, but then yeah. Gomez, um, we just haven't seen enough of the kid playing centre back, really. And when we, when he has, in the few occasions that, that he has, he hasn't really shone. The only time I've seen him shine playing as a centre back was in a three for England when he played against Brazil and he was absolutely outstanding. And if we, yeah. we can see that form for Liverpool, I'd play him as, as the right sided centre back with Van Dyke. But I think the safer to start the season would be, um, Clavon, I think, and, and move Van Dyke over. He's yeah, probably really well suited to that right-sided centre-back in a three, actually, considering his pace and whatnot. Yeah, that's a good shout. Mm. Yeah. He's, he's good at progressing the ball as well from time mm. to right back. Like He's not fantastic on the ball, but I think he's a little bit better than people give him credit for. So yeah, I agree with that. Really does suit him, yeah. He's good 1v1. Uh, the only thing he's bad at is really judging the flight of the ball, but, you know, at that yeah, age... He can't, he can't head the ball. <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah, it's strange, like, but at that age, you've got to back him to, you know, to learn that. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you on the ball. He's he's actually good on the ball. I'm quite comfortable with him doing stuffs and little turns. We saw it when he was at right back, didn't we? Little turns yeah. and and um, sending the uh, the winger the other way. So, uh, but I mean, what? Let's throw your cap down now. Is it is it Clavon or is it um, Gomez? I'm thinking it'll be Clavon and play Virgil on the right because yeah, if it's Klein, if it's Klein's first game back in ages, he kind of benefit from having Virgil next to him. Really good shout. But like if it was Gomez, I wouldn't be heartbroken, so to speak. But uh, it'd probably be Clavan. Like he said, I like Clavan. I mean, as backup centre halves go, he's grand. Like, yeah, doesn't rock yeah. the boat when he doesn't play. Experience head, he, he's in he, the ball. He took a while to get to get up to a decent level, didn't he? I think when he first came in, a few shaky games. But once he, I guess, was was here long enough and he felt established, then he was just dead steady and he was great. And of course, guy, you'll never forget the goal against Burnley, will you? It, it, it's like, do you remember when Colo scored and nobody gave him goal of the season? It's like that. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> if you compare yeah, to Colo, it's a great, it's a great moment. But Jay, is it, is it same for you? Is it? Um... Yeah, I've got nothing really to add on that. On yeah. that note, everyone's pretty much covered that one. Clavan would yeah. uh, pip him at this at this point. Yeah. Jay, what have you thought of Nat Phillips playing? Yeah, I mean, he's looked all right. We've only seen probably what ninety minutes, no, but a bit more probably. Probably only seen about three halves overall over the course of the preseason, maybe a bit more. But um, he's looked okay, but it's really difficult to tell, to be honest. He's, he's, he did lose the ball a couple of times in one of the preseason friendlies in a really precarious position. I think it was against Dortmund. Yeah. Um, I think it was that match. Um, but it's really difficult to tell. I mean, what is he? Twenty? I think he's twenty, isn't he? I think so. Yeah. yeah. And. Um, yeah, I've, I mean, it, it's, it looked all right, but it's just really difficult to tell over the course of sort of three halves of pre-season football. It is. It is. I, I, I've been pleasantly surprised. Um, but like you say, you, you've not seen him really tested. He got tested a little bit in the... Uh, I think um, Sanchez gave him a few few, a few scary moments and he dealt with them quite well. But um, he, he's, he's been a bit of a surprise because I think he was... Down the pecking order, haven't we got um, Jordan Williams, who's the captain of the under twenty three? Connor Masterson, Connor, some, Connor Masterson, yeah. So he's he's kind of jumped above those guys. Um, so Klopp must see something in him. But um, yeah, it's a it's a weird it's a weird one with Nat Phillips because I mean, once a, once upon a time I did the academy pod, not anymore. <laughs> um, but he he wasn't too impressive on it on his first part to the academy. So maybe he's improved since that been a regular watcher but he wasn't too impressive when i when i first watched but um we'll we'll crack on with left back and i imagine this is another lock-in just to, just to spite me so jay i'm going to start with you do you, do you want to wax lyrical about robo yeah yeah well obviously he's just been an absolute revelation since he arrived i'm not going to choose moreno above robertson so that's for sure so yeah robertson's just gone from strength to strength all season i think hasn't he so it ended the season pretty much in a position where you just felt like nobody could usurp him from that left-back position because he was just absolutely brilliant, one of the best left-backs in the league. So really good going forward, improved defensively. He's pretty quick, well, very quick actually. He's got a good cross on him. I just wouldn't have anyone else in that left-back position at the moment. I think he's a he's a real good player with a lot of potential. And he, Only like four years ago, he was, you know, well, I can't remember where he was, but he was at some non league Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, he, he sent that tweet, didn't he, saying, I need some money, I need a job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's unbelievable, that, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, so he's my man. Yeah. Is it a lock-in for, you, for the both of you as well? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, he wasn't in the team until Moreno got injured. What was that, November, December? It was a Champions League game. Yeah. So we hammered the Russian team. Um, but after that, he was definitely the best left back in the league. I mean, there wasn't great competition. I mean, who like Marcus Alonso? Yeah, not great. Ashley Young, similar boat. Mendy was injured. So I think overall he's probably the best left back in the league last season. So, uh, mm, yeah. People pick Alonso because he scores goals, even though he's pretty shit. <laughs> That's yeah. About it. Uh, he's a pure stat padder. I never really overly impressed him. Yeah. So Absolutely I would say. Probably the best uh, left back in the league last season, and uh, it's good to have competition there. Like like we were mentioning at right back, we have a lot of options. Uh, we have options at left back too, so uh, we've actually got a 
He's got an embarrassment of riches for once in the squad, but uh, we went from like, a decade of having like one right, like just having a good right back, and now we've got like three good right backs and two good left backs. <laughs> yeah, and even Clavan can play left back, and Klein can play left oh, back. Oh God, what a day that was! I mean, I agree with everything that you've said, and he was fantastic last season, but. You automatically assume he's going to be as good again, don't you? Yeah. Um, and it's a big season for him. This it's like that difficult second album, isn't it, for him? Um, and if he comes through the season, then he's he's completely on his way. But I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. Um, I'm going to change it slightly if you don't mind. And I can't believe there's been no speculation about Ryan Sessegnon with any club at all this season. I know they've stayed up. But he was that good for England and for Fulham last season that you would have thought someone would have took a punt on him. Um, and I know he's not he's not um, exclusively a left back, but he, that's where he started, and they've kind of moved him a bit forward. But does that surprise any of you guys? Mm, I think he's very conscious of playing. So, like, if he had moved to us, for example, I don't think he'd get into the team, despite the obvious talent. I mean, he'd be competing with who? Salah slash Mane or Robertson? Yeah. And I think Fulham, in fairness, have showed a lot of ambition with their signings and coming up. So I think it's probably the best move for him. But I think it's such a time he becomes available, everyone and their mother is going to be trying to sign him. Uh, you kind of you kind of think the silence is because that he's basically let it know through his agent that he doesn't want to move, so no one's even bothered. Yeah, apparently he's a Liverpool fan, and so is his agent. So you know, no way. I do like to hear that. I think it costs forty this. million plus at the very least. I well. do. Oh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Mm. Without a shadow of a doubt, I used to think that we gave them Ojo on loan that it might kind of grease the wheels for a deal. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, nothing seems to happen. But no harm. We'll get to, we'll get to have a better look at them next season. We'll see him on TV more yeah. often. He'd be exposed. Yeah. So uh, he should probably be in the England squad soon enough. Like given some of the players have called up in recent times. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I haven't lit the world on fire. So uh, yeah, no, very interesting player, and uh, I look forward to seeing them next season. But uh, I think it's probably a wise move for him. Yeah, of right course. Now. And as you say, when he does go, it's going to be massive money, I think, because he yeah. can play not just left back, but he's going to be, a, he's going to, he's going to end up being a bail type player probably eventually, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. So, yeah, class player. Cool. All right. So it's time to move on to the midfield. So I'm going to ask you all this question. Is everyone picking Cater and Fabino? Fabino? <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm just yeah. going to ask you who your third man in midfield is. So Gavin, I'm can- going to start with you. No, Guy, I'm going to throw a spanner in the works. Oh, God. <laughs> I, love, I love it. I love a bit of controversy. He loves you know, a spanner. Yeah, totally. Devil's advocate and all that. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he did, didn't pick... I, I'm saying I would pick him, but it wouldn't surprise me if Klopp didn't pick him for the first game of the season and picked Milner instead. That's why I thought. Which one are you talking about? Fabinho or Cater? Fabinho. No, Cater will play if he's fit, but uh, Fabinho. I've yeah. got a feeling he might let him have a look at it and, and ease him in. Um, I do because, think that as well. Do you, do you agree, Jay? Yeah. Yeah, because he's he's even made a comment about how he's settling in a little bit slower than. Yeah, Peter. I heard that as well. Yeah. He comes a bit too deep at times, and um, he says he comes between the centre backs more often than he would like, and things like that. And when I saw Fabinho, he looks he looked brilliant, and he looks like the, the first DM we've had, proper DM we've had for years. So he's going to do a brilliant job there. But I do think he he'll take longer to be eased in than Cater will anyway but who knows and also we haven't really got a choice of Henderson playing in a DM role necessarily 
on the first game of the season, so he probably will start. But yeah, yeah. I, I just I just wonder whether he might he, he might go with people who are used to the league and and all that more more of those. But you know, like certainly Milner anyway. I mean, Milner's going to be super fit. It certainly wouldn't be a stretch for me for him to start Milner, Cater, and then we'll come on to the next person in a minute, won't we? Because that'll be a heated discussion. Um, <laughs> what, is, what do you it, think, John? Uh, I think we might pick Wijnaldum for this man in this game. It would have been Ox if he was fit, I think. But uh, for me, Wijnaldum. I'm not sure Henderson can play in the box of Ox anymore. Um, maybe if I got it wrong, but I always thought the idea of moving him to six was to kind of manage his injury. Because he has that chronic heel injury, like he's never going to get rid of that. He's only just managing it. So I don't know if he'll be ever be that third midfielder because that used to be his role and he was really good at it. I mean, his best season at the club was 2015. It was a shit season for us overall, but he was actually quite good in that season individually. So I think he's kind of just a six now. So it'll be between him and Fabinho, or less maybe in a big game where they want to be very solid, they'd move Fabinho up one. And have him like man marking opposition player as such. We've seen Mourinho do that quite a lot with uh, Herrera. Uh, famously kept Hazard quiet for an entire game. Yeah. So yeah, like I remember that game. Yeah, the bigger squad gives us like a scope for you know to do to do things like that. There's but just I think, options, isn't there? Yeah, of course. course like, yeah, There's yeah, just yeah. options like you can play two and a one or one and a yeah. two, couldn't you? Yeah. So um, it's it, it's great, and you you know you could see Henderson and Fabinho playing in there. We need to particularly keep it deep. I'm not saying that every game, but it might be like the one-off game where you see that. I yeah. disagree with you, John. I think Henderson can still play the eight. Uh, I think he's he's fit enough to get up and down. Um, uh, I don't know what you think. <laughs> you obviously don't agree with me, do you? Well, uh, I think like in terms of his ability, that's his better role. I think it's he's more natural yeah. there better yeah. suited like, like I said his best season for the club came there um, so yeah if he could do it it would be great because uh, uh, I think it actually does suit him better uh, sometimes I just think he's better when he has less time to think or it's more instinctive okay, there's a couple yeah. of players that are like that uh, Robbie Keane used to be like that I watch a lot of him obviously because I'm Irish when you gave him too much time he just like overthink things Lallana is kind of like that remember Lallana's best ever run of foreign came as an 8 where yes. he was just getting on the end of things. He wasn't touching the ball too often and just muddling things up. It was literally like, you're the third man in the box. So uh, so sometimes players can be like that, where they have less time to think and they're more instinctive. It's better for them. Yeah. So uh, if Henderson had the had the capacity to do it in his legs, I mean, all, all, yeah, all, all, I'd be all for it. I just, I just don't know whether he does anymore, but I guess we'll definitely find out this season. Yeah, completely. Yeah, I was thinking the same about Henderson in a sense, but only in the sense that I I literally can't remember now what he's like in an eight because it's been well, it's not that I can't remember. It's that it's been a year since he's played that role. He played the six and he played it pretty well all last season, and um, better than most fans thought he did anyway. Uh, well, certainly better than fans of other clubs thought he did, which was absolutely raged me how cl- fans of other clubs thought Henderson was awful. But anyway, that's a different matter. And um, he, um, yeah, so I just don't, I, I don't know if he can do that role, but who knows? I mean, we've got 35 permutations, like 35 combinations of that three in midfield. I mean, it's yeah. bloody <laughs> immense choice. I'll say one thing to you, like, did you ever expect Junior Wijnaldum to play number six away in a Champions League quarterfinal? Uh, how good was he? And, yeah. to be, and to be brilliant. So, like, Klopp isn't afraid to think outside the box. Klopp doesn't even know there's a box. Like, he just, he does whatever, and invariably it works. Like, he's a mad bastard, but I love him. Uh, 
<laughs> it works more often than not. I mean, he done it at Dortmund all the time. Gundogan arrived as an attacking midfielder, became a six. Piszczek was a winger, became a right back. Like he has history of doing these things. So yeah. like we might have signed someone, and we like you were saying earlier, we might have signed Shakiri with like everyone thinking he'd be a winger, but he actually might be a number ten. Like yeah, t- totally. Yeah, time, time will tell. Guy, are we gonna are we gonna have a, a debate about the L word? The L word? Oh God, no. We're not having yeah. that. Well, not it, having dep- that chat, it depends no? if we, anyone wants. If anyone wants, if anyone wants to pick him, they could pick him. All right, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll go all out, and I know I'll get hammered for this, but I'd start in the West Ham game with Keita, Fabinho, and Lalana. Do with that what you want. Nina, add him out the podcast. <laughs> but no, no. I mean, I can, I can understand it. I mean, does you can't it, because you hate him. I do. I don't hate. I don't. I don't hate him. I hate him as a player. I don't. He seems like don't. a nice bloke. <laughs> no, do you know what? I'm only doing this for the wind-up now. I'm not yeah. honestly. Um, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't I, have even picked him, would you? you just... <laughs> no, I, no. I, I actually really rate him, to be honest with you. And the only question mark for me is his injury record. I think he's crucial to the way Klopp wants to play. I get every what everyone's saying that he slows things down, but sometimes it's good to actually just kind of hold on to the ball. And I think in games last season we could have done with Adam Lallana to actually just keep the ball. Um, so, uh, I, you know, if, if, if Lallana starts, I'll be quite happy with that. I've, what I've seen this pre-season, he certainly looks fit. He looks sharp. He looks hungry. Uh, he looks like he's got a point to prove. So, um, and the one person who absolutely loves him is Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. And oh, that guy's not often wrong. <laughs> I hope not. But, right, we're going to have to get back to the structure. So, Gavin, it's a, this is probably the most horses for courses position. Yes. In the squad, so it's kind of a difficult one, but who, let's word it this way. Who do you think will play the most minutes out of the remaining centre mids that aren't Kerr and Fabinho? Uh, what, all, all season? Yeah, let, let's word it like that. I mean, unless, like, just in, Henderson. Henderson yeah. will play most games, I think. Mm. Uh, you know, he's, he's the captain of the team, Klopp trusts him completely. Um, he's off the back of a really good World Cup. Um, he's like a coach on the pitch for him, so. I uh, I think Henderson will probably play the most, if not most of the minutes, if he's fit. John, I heard you mention Ginny in there. Is is he your third man? Yeah, because like maybe Klopp is a massive fan of Lallana, but like his injury record doesn't really lend to him playing that often. But he's not injured at the moment. Yeah, yeah, but like towards the end of the season, who do I think will play the most? I yeah, probably Milner <laughs> because he's such a like a utility player. <laughs> you wouldn't oh, know God. where you wouldn't know where Milner could end up playing again because he just does so much of a of a job. Uh, He'll be in goal so. if Allison picks up enough. John, how good was he at the end of that last season, Milner? Oh, just come from nowhere and was bossing it absolutely brilliant. Especially in Europe, he was yes. he was a, such a coach's player. Like he's not like he's a really smart player, but he's not like this super technical player. But he's smart and his like capacity to run is amazing. For his age, he's a great advert for retiring for international football. I think because yeah. his freshness and the way he manages himself, and he's he's never injured. Can you ever remember Milner being injured? No. Yeah, same. Uh, so, so I think like I think like despite people's reservations over his ability as a technical player, I think he will again play quite a lot because one, he doesn't pick up injuries. Two, he's an experienced head. 
and three, like he, he he's adept at the pressing game that Klopp wants. So he didn't use him much in the first half of the season last season, though, did he? And no. I don't think it was out of necessity. I think it was possibly more to, by design that he played more in the second half of the season. And uh, Chan was fit all first half of the season. Of course. So there you yeah. go. Yeah. yeah. So he, you know, he's going to be there. Uh, and I think, you know, his, his influence around the dressing room and Henderson influence around the dressing room seems to be very, very important. I mean, we, we, we've got no idea because we're not party to what goes on behind closed doors. But if you hear certain journalists saying stuff who speak to the players and he, um, he's just really well, well respected. It was, we were chatting, Guy, if you remember on the last podcast about mm-hmm. I threw a devil's advocate thing out and basically said, you know, if if people are talking about Genie going, why isn't anyone talking about Milner going? Because it was a choice between the two. He'd probably keep Genie because he's younger and he's he's great, and Milner's thirty-two. Um, but there's certainly no. I mean, is he in the last year of his contract, Milner? Does anyone? I know? think I think so. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it was undisclosed when we signed him. So, but I think it is. Yeah. So you know, he he's playing the last season of his contract. As is uh, Daniel Sturridge. I can't wait for the Daniel Sturridge debate, by the way, when we get up to the forwards. So maybe we should is move on, really guys. Go- is there really going to be a debate for the front? For the <laughs> oh. Maybe for the bench. But, um, Jay, I mean, you're the last one. I mean, you're kind of the decider, here, unless you pick oh, someone else. Oh, God. Well, well, who's, are... who's going to be your third in midfield? It doesn't. You don't have to agree with him. I can be the decider. Don't worry about that. <laughs> well, it's funny, because if you're actually talking about it, amount of minutes that someone's going to play I would say it'd probably be Henderson that would be the third one but if we're talking about who I would go for and it's a bit controversial but it's I'm going with John on this it would be one Alden just think he'll compliment Cater well and Fabinho I think and that's the role that he's probably most suited for but then against the weaker opposition I'd really like to see Shakiri in that number 10 role in the midfield yeah it's just mad though we've got seven really strong midfielders for three positions I mean that's unheard of for us <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't know what he's doing with Grujic yet, do you? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, he's not... there. He's looked pretty sharp in the in the, the game that I've seen him. I imagine he's going to go to Cardiff. Do you think? You think he's, yeah, got, he's think going so. out? Yeah. Otherwise, it's it's just there's just too much competition. There's literally 35 com- combinations of that midfield. There's 210 permutations. I worked out. If you're going to play, if you're going to change DM, CM, and AM, and most of those players can play in any of those positions. You've got 210 permutations. So that's mental. Right. <laughs> it's mental that you even know that there's 210 oh, permutations. Where, where were you during my GCSE? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd do a little bit of research before coming on my first podcast. I like that. Just to show yeah. that I do stuff like Professional. that. Professional. The, J- the uh, James Milner off the box. <laughs> <laughs> does, does anyone fancy a quick wank fest over Curtis Jones, by the way, and how good he looks? Oh, oh man, he's good. Yeah. Doesn't he look great? It has a swagger too. I like that. I'd say it's a bit but in a good way. He's yeah. pinging passes across the across the pitch like nobody's business. I was thinking, how old is he? Yeah, Jeez. I've got to say, I like him in the three in midfield over yeah. playing in the three in the front. What do you guys think? Yeah, Same. because it, yeah. you get you get the ball more and you can turn. Yeah, he he just glides across the pitch as well. He's got a little turn of pace. I hope he doesn't. <clears throat> Sky, go ahead. So no, no, it's fine. I mean, he, he just glides across the pitch. You know, you you look. Klopp loves those players who who, who work in his eights. He loves them working in transition to get the ball. And the first, the first thing they do is they run with it quickly yeah. towards the goal. And yeah. he could definitely do that. And I think he could possibly be a man in midfield as well. Like maybe not as good a cater. And I'm all, I can't wait to see cater take uh, beat a couple of men in midfield. You know, it's that's going to be the highlight of my 
uh, early season when Cater takes two men on in the centre circle and just beats them. But um, I think I, can, I think Jones has got a bit of that in him as well. You know, he's he's and he's 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 not slight either. He seems to be able to um, have the. He's got a bit of man strength about him as well, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I hope his career doesn't pan out like his, but he reminds me of Ross Barkley when Ross Barkley is good. He has this kind of. Was <laughs> much partly yeah. that good when he came up when he came through. I remember him being very good, but then he was, yeah, he was unfulfilled he was talent. Yeah, at the but start, he, he was really good. He reminds me of him. He has an arrogance to his game. I think Kloppy even said that himself. Uh, yeah. He was saying it's like a scouse characteristic, kind of half-cheeky. And I, I like that in the player. Like He doesn't look overawed by anything. You saw when he came on for Camacho and told him that he was playing right back. It was a funny little clip that was doing around on Twitter at the United game. So uh, He <laughs> looks to be a big talent. I mean, only 17 years old. I think his minutes... Outside of cup competitions, would probably be minimal, but definitely want to keep an eye on. No, definitely, guy. Do you think he'll go on loan? Because I don't. I think he'll stay. Not, not this season, because he is only Too seventeen. Young, isn't he? Yeah, he's only seventeen, so there's no, there's no point. I mean, look at Ben Woodburn. He he, he broke through at sixteen, similarly to Curtis Jones did last season, and maybe Woodburn stayed a season too extra or half a season too long without a loan. But um, the Phil situation kind of buggered that. But yeah, I think Jones will probably stick here for a year or two because he, he's already training with the first team. Yeah. So. It's, uh, it's a thing I'll do for him. Did I sabotage the the, uh, the the summary of the the midfield there by throwing Curtis Jones in? No, 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 no. I mean, it's all it's always nice to talk about someone that promising, but yeah, uh, definitely. The the summary is I'm going to give it to Ginny Wijnaldum, um out out of the ones discussed. So I'm going to put him in. But uh, yeah, I think Henderson and Ginny's probably the ones who'll probably get the most minutes because. I don't think Milner has a full season in him, as you've all said. He only played half a season, and I think Ginny got our most minutes, if I remember correctly. Is that uh, true? I think so. I think that shocks top, me. I think he was top three in minutes, if I remember correctly. That shocks me. Yeah. I just had a flashback from playing centre half away to Brighton. Amazing, wasn't it? And we still hammered them. I mean, yeah, five Christ. one, wasn't it? Yeah, and Emre Chan was the other centre half, and yeah. <laughs> And we, we, we did really. We win four nil or something. That was 5-1 when Henderson yeah. gave away... No, he didn't give away... The referee gave away the softest penalty in existence of penalties. <laughs> yeah. So, like, basically, we had our most maligned centre-half and two centre-midfielders in the back three, something that we've rarely, if ever, played in the club. We yeah. went away and won 5-1. <laughs> you, you couldn't make it up. Like. No, yeah. I think I think it was that radical that the, uh, the Brighton players were like, what the fuck is going yeah. on here? Some of our just counter attacks. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Coutinho was untouchable that day, though. Some of our counter attacks were sublime. I mean, just class to watch. Yeah. I think that sort of formation really freed up a player like Phil. Um, yeah. And actually, yeah. a three at the back might work for someone like Cato, actually, long long term. But we'll, that's that's another matter, really. Yeah. That's fanciful stuff, that. Three of the fans. <laughs> uh, but it is time for the front three, so I'm going to assume Ollie's are just picking the three lads, and then we can kind of discuss Shakiri and Sturridge's few rotation options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Jay, I mean, let, let, let's start with you, Jay, and let's start with Sturridge, because, I mean, Shakiri's position's quite set. He's probably going to rotate with the two wide men, but do you think Sturridge... Do you think he has in his body to to play this, let's say, two thousand minutes in rotation? But do you think his develop not development his evolution this preseason where he seems to drop deep quite a bit 
like Bobby, do you think that's just a very promising sign? And well, you're not going to get a much better backup striker than Danny Sturridge, are you? Well, this is the thing. I mean, I feel like I've got a bit of deja vu because we get it every preseason where we have we see Sturridge looking sharp, and then he'll maybe play a couple of games. We think Sturridge is back. And then he gets injured again for the majority of the season. I mean, he barely played the back end of last season in particular. He didn't even play twice for West Brom when he was on loan. I mean, if he can stay fit, which is, I know, the massive caveat, then we all know that Sturridge is just a class player. He's he's a great player and he's looked really, really good in pre-season, which is promising, but we always knew that. But he's looking really sharp too, and I don't want to jinx it because I love him. I do, I do really like Sturridge. I just think he, he's a really, a really great player, and I think he re- would really suit our style against the weaker teams in particular when we need to break them down. Less so against the team, the better teams who we need. We definitely need Bobby playing, and we need all our, we need three strong midfielders. But against the weaker teams, you know, Sturridge can drop deeper and Salah and. Mane, maybe even Shakiri, if he plays in the 10, can all run beyond that back four and Sturridge can drop a little bit deeper and then burst in. You know, we've got a real good option there if he stays fit. Mm. John, what, what are your thoughts on, on Sturridge? Uh, I am a massive fan of Sturridge, but like, <laughs> there's a huge caveat and asterisk beside that in the fact that he can't stay fit. But, you know, against my better judgment, I was kind of thinking of players who, you know, have suddenly just gotten over their injury woes and two names that come up were Thiago Mata and Robin Van Persie. I remember Van Persie being extremely injury prone until yeah, yeah. just one summer. There was a lot of talk from doing those horse placenta uh, treatments. But then one summer, he was just phenomenal uh, for Arsenal and went to United the following year, phenomenal again, basically won the title by himself. Yeah. Uh, Thiago Mata played twice for Barcelona in like three years, contract expired, went to Atletico Madrid, was injured a lot there, then went to Serie A and basically played solidly for years, uh, moved to PSG, uh, with no real like qualms at all. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think it's an option worth keeping because we're not going to get good money for Sturge. Like, no. we're going to get derisory loan offers. So he's on, I think, 125 grand a week. It's not that much of a risk for, for the club. Just to keep him, just in case, because we all know he's class. I I think he's one of the most talented English players still playing. Uh, yeah. So Absolutely. if you have him, who knows the club, he's a good influence. The players like him, and his quality is undoubted. And especially since now we seem to have like tailor made a role for him. Um, if he plays a number ten, saying a four-two-three-one off Firmino, Firmino does a running of five men. Like Sturridge isn't going to necessarily have him to be running himself into the ground, and maybe you know aggravating injuries that he might have had already so mm. I think we can we can get a happy balance of him in the team if he can stay fit and it's definitely a, a risk worth taking because if it doesn't work okay he's gone next summer his contract expires mm. you, you, you might be a couple of million poorer but what's that to a massive club like Liverpool yeah and Gav coming to you I mean beyond Daniel Sturridge we've got these options of Danny Ings um, Origi Solanke and I'm going to throw in Rian Brewster, who's injured for, I don't know, I've, I've heard December noted, I've heard September noted, I'm just going to say he's injured. Um, but I imagine Brewster's going to stay because that was kind of one of the big issues around his contract thing. But who, who out of the other options would you keep as, as backup to the backup, shall we say? Do I not, do I not get a chance to, to like, gush over Daniel Sturridge? Like the other <laughs> I mean, you can. Jason, don't you think that's a bit unfair, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep it out of it. I'm new. Out of order. <laughs> um, 
Uh, actually, uh, from what you just said there, John, so, someone else, you, you mentioned the two players that you mentioned and you're spot on. Uh, someone else, Falcao. Uh, the Falcao that we saw at Chelsea and Man United was appalling, but apparently he's had like a massive renaissance and he's been amazing at Monaco. Is that right? Yeah, he fired them to the title when they won it two seasons ago. So, yeah. right in storage off, do that at your peril. The, the thing is with, with, with Studge is that he's, he's come back and this season, I think he's looked better this season than he ever has in pre-season, right? His feet look really, really quick. Um, and that's one of his main, you know, strengths. I think the other thing is you've got to talk about is, is, um, the, his, his, his outlook on the way he sees him himself at the moment and his rhetoric is completely different to what we've ever heard before he's yeah. talking about being a squad player he wants to help the team he's excited about the players he's obviously gone back pre-season had a good look seen the business that we've done seen the fact that he was sat on his arse at home when we were playing in the Champions League final and thought you know what this is my last chance I need to I need to really have a go here um, yeah. because otherwise I will be playing at West Brom and that is going to do my head in so, I think I he might think, have had a eureka moment at West Brom. It, he may well have done. And yeah, that, it's, when he, it's and, when he met Alan Pardew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Alan Pardew was trying to sell him a car. As soon as he met him, he just went, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Alan Pardew <laughs> selling him the dream. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's fantastic to see. And we're, we're, all, we're all a bit romantic. Um, we'd love him yeah. to to just have this little little last flurry in our team because we all know how good he is. But yeah, the way he's playing, the way the, the tactically the way he's playing looks different as well. Seems to be wanting to help people and it's it's just it's just it's just ticking all boxes for me. It's win win. So if he you know, we now know he's staying, which is brilliant. Um someone that we weren't even we were all talking about we need a backup for Firmino, we need a backup for Firmino. We don't actually we hadn't even Considered storage at the beginning of pre-season, and now we're all talking. Well, hang on a minute. We've got this world-class striker who's 28, who's who's now our backup to Firmino. Talk about strengthening the squad. Um, so that's I just think that's really really exciting. Going on to the other players. Sorry to get back to your agenda, guy. And thanks <laughs> for asking me a question, uh, which I didn't want to answer. Solanke is this a big question mark over Solanke? Because I look at him and I break what down what he's got, and he's got there's a good footballer in there. Um, you can see it. He, he's got good feet. Sometimes he falls over them, but he, he has got good good feet. I, I, I can honestly think it's only a mentality thing. I said it on the last podcast. Once he realises he's good enough to play at that level, I think you're going to see the best out of him. I don't know whether we can get that out of him by him being a substitute in our squad, personally. See, it's difficult, isn't it, as well? Because I've already said goodbye to Origi. I think Origi's gone. So if you don't, if you let Solanke go out on loan, which is probably the, for the best for that kid, and Sturridge does do what Sturridge has done in the past, which is pick, not pick up knocks, and then he's coming back, and then he's he's not fit enough. Um, you're gonna you're gonna be short again. So I, personally, from a selfish point of view, I keep Solanke around. Um, but he's, he's third to move Salah and into the middle, and then you should give <coughs> a bit more. Do you think it's still a bit short? There certainly is, guy. Definitely, you could, you know, if something happened to Firmino and Sturridge was injured, Salah would play up front, no doubt about that at all. And you got Shakiri, so there's options there. Um, yeah. um Rian Brewster is um, is a very talented young lad, and I think he's so well respected by the people who know him at the club and by Klopp. Klopp was desperate for him to stay, 
So he must have something. You see it in when he's played for England. He scored eight goals in six games in, in the under-17 World Cup. So, um, you know, that's the biggest stage he could possibly be on at that time. So it, it's it's exciting with him. I, what I can't get my head around, and I was watching an interview with him the, the other day, he's got an ankle injury. I've never known an ankle injury to keep someone out for a year. What what's actually gone on? Is it is it a, a is it a bad break? Is it? I think it was a bad break. Yeah. So, yeah. so a break and then ligaments because he's actually up and so. about walking. So you talk. He was talking in his interview when he signed that he was going to be he's going to be out for another six months. Christmas. Mm. Seems like a hell of a lot of time. That doesn't it? Does that seem like that to you, Jay? Yeah, I was just thinking that, yeah, he said it was when it was an ankle injury and he's been out all that time already and he's still got another six months. That is strange. Um, I don't think that's normal for an ankle injury, but... It might have been similar to Locks, though, because I think it I'm not sure if it was the echo, but apparently it was four months, wasn't it, at the first? True, yeah. And then it yeah. came out that it's an actual, actually a year, isn't it? So it might have, mm. instead of giving the... Uh, the optimistic view maybe just went yeah he's buggered <laughs> which yeah. given us hope it's kind of unlucky for him because if he's back at Christmas that means he probably won't be match sharp until March exactly by, say, by which time we could have been either out of the League Cup or the FA Cup so you're thinking where his minutes going to come yeah. so yeah. maybe if he can slowly build up and then really explode next preseason but uh, from all what I've heard from people who watch him a lot it was he's meant to be phenomenal at underage level yeah. whether that's translates or not to first team level it remains to be seen but I really like his attitude in one confronting the racism that he encountered he was very for a 17 year old he was very impressive about how he spoke up about that and brave and uh, the fact that he considered getting out of the comfort zone and moving moving to Germany uh, out out of his comfort zone into a new league to get first team football is indicative of you know the confidence he has in himself and maybe the good perspective he has in his own career. I believe uh, someone, maybe his uncles and his family are ex-pros, so he seems to be well advised. So uh, yeah. I think there's a very good head in his shoulders. So uh, hopefully he can take, you know, the what's made him stood out at underage level to senior level. Yeah, he's, he's definitely a strong character at such a young age. And the <clears throat> the club recognise that a million percent, don't they? Um, and they, they kind of look for that sort of character in young footballers. I, I sometimes think that Young footballers with character will actually go further with young footballers with just talent and no character and oh, no work right. ethic. Do you understand Absolutely. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Look at Har- look at Harry Kane. No yeah, one. Exactly. Antici- nobody anticipated this. Uh, Frank Lampard was the same. I think Frank Lampard was noted as being one of the most hardest working footballers going. A lot of people early on at West Ham thought he'd never he'd never make anything of himself. And obviously, you've seen what happened in his career. So you're definitely right. And it's 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 a rare and rare commodity in the modern day, unfortunately. Yeah. Definitely. And when you look at Trent as well, I mean, his maturity levels are through the roof. Um, yeah. And it, it, I mean, I saw him talking in one of those um, behind the scenes videos with uh, when he was with England and he was like talking to Jesse Lingard and that lot. And he genuinely looked like he <laughs> like he was thinking, bloody hell, grow up kind of thing. Like he literally looked yeah. like he thought that about someone about 40 yeah. years older than him. I just <laughs> thought, what? I mean... Liverpool must do something, and I'm not just sort of blowing our own trumpet, but our youngsters do often seem to have really good character and mentality. And you were talking yeah. earlier about Curtis Jones having a real mature head on his shoulders. By the looks of it, it's difficult to say, but hopefully he has. I mean, yeah, there's, a, there's endless examples of it. So hopefully that keeps up. And as you say, Brewster looks like a right talent. So Yeah, I think it comes from a top-down. Uh, Clark yeah. sets, sets the tone. 
it was Gerard two foot and I'm entering. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Guys, before we uh, before we go, can we actually because we completely glossed over the uh, the front three um, and just jumped to the the backups? Can we uh, can we have a chit little chat about our absolutely incredible front three? Yeah, can do. I mean, we still got the bench to go, so do be quick with this one. I mean, what do you think, Jay? Well, what, 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 how good are they? Is that the question? I think I just want another wank fest, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, basically, are they going to repeat the same, uh, what word? Are they going to do the same thing again, essentially, next season? It's a tough bar to set that, isn't it? Nin- 92 goals, was it? Yeah. Yeah. The biggest question mark for me, I'm going to throw a spanner in the works, is Bobby. <laughs> because we've seen, we, Salah's obviously cut, he scored 20 plus goals before. Man is, kind of been consistent at his time at Liverpool and Southampton, but that was Bobby's first ever season with big scoring mm. figures, so mm. he's the biggest question. I'm Did not he not doubt- have decent figures at Hoffenheim, uh, Guy? Yeah, I think it was like 15, 13, 15 or something like that. Is it, not, is it not 20? No, I I'm not sure. Maybe John John would probably know more than me, but did he have that record? He was, he, he was attacking the fielder, so it was good for yeah, the fielder, but it yeah. wasn't necessarily like 20, 25, but good for what the position he played in. Hmm. But like with, yeah. with him, you always know it's uh, it's about more than numbers. Yeah. See, guy, I disagree with you because, uh, and, and you might think I'm being very, very controversial here, but the person who worries me is Salah, hmm. um, only because I just can't see him getting anywhere near 44 goals again. Um, he's getting 60. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, well, if that <laughs> if, if that happens, mate, then we will win the league. I just I just think I I think. We have to be realistic with Mo, and I think if he gets 30 goals, I think we have to think that's that's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. I think the big question mark is is goals from the rotation options, firstly, and the midfield, because I think Milner and Chan were our top two contributors from midfield, and Chan missed half a season, so did Milner, which isn't exactly great. <laughs> no. Well, Guy, do you not think in our system that the midfielders have got a thankless task? They're not there. I, I think to, they did before, but now we have... I well, think I, they did before, but now Cater's there, he should add something. I don't think he's going to have massive numbers, though. I think our midfield are there literally to just support our front three and basically make sure that the front three get the ball in the right areas in order for maybe, them to score 92 Maybe that's goals. why we were after Fakir. Possibly, but then you, that, that makes the assumption that Fakir was going to play as an eight, and we're not mm. sure that he was. I, I assume when we first went for him, I thought, oh, that looks fantastic. Cater, Fabinho and, uh, and, um, and Fakir, you know, you get all, you know, sort of bleary eyed and you go, wow, that, that'd be amazing because he's, he's bringing his 22 goals with it. And you assume that, you know, that'll turn into maybe 25 or 26 with us. But I'm not sure it works like that in our system. Like, should, our midfielders under Klopp have never, ever got goals. They're, they're there for a different reason, and I don't know whether I'm on my own with this, but that that's just the way I see it. They're there very much in a supporting role for the front three, and the front three are that good because of the work the midfield do. Um, what do you think, John? Do you agree with me or not? Yeah, I can see what you're saying. I think our midfield is particularly good for a certain type of game, which is why we're usually so good in big games, where we're more yeah. counter-attack and teams come out so we can counter-press more effectively. <clears> where I see us needing an upgrade and something different is like like at home to smaller clubs or games against smaller clubs because after at the end of the day we drew 12 times last season so if we're looking to go from fourth to first we got to think of a way to turn more of those draws into wins against a position of power that's, 
That's a fair point. That is a fair point. So, so you, like, you need goals from elsewhere, is what you're saying. Yeah, or even just creativity. Like, that's where I saw Fakir fitting in. He'd be the guy that would tread the through ball that would, like, break down a park bus. And then, you know, once we get the first goal, the game is totally different. I mean, you can remember Swansea away last year where we lost and, like, we had, like, 80% of the ball. And, like, we hardly looked threatening. So I think we need to kind of emulate what Man City do. Maybe not to the way to the same extent where they have basically all playmakers but you know try and get someone of that ilk in there and I think that's why we wanted Fekir and it's interesting that we haven't moved on to an alternative which makes me think maybe we'll do a Van Dijk and sign him at a later time it is interesting that he's he's done that isn't it a massive shame um, that Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is injured for the whole season because Oxlade-Chamberlain with Fabinho and Keita looks like a dream Keita Mm. and Oxlade-Chamberlain just in transition just getting the ball and going bang straight through uh, and I think that in his in his head, that's what he's that's what he had. But unfortunately, Ox has got this injury. And genuinely, I mean, um, unfortunately, I've had a, a chance to listen to the the podcast where they were talking about him. Simon Brundish was talking about him, but that seems like a very very severe injury. And if he comes back anything like he will have done well. well. Really, that yeah. sounds that sounds mm. pretty serious. <laughs> Jay, it's like it three is. parts of his knee. It's yeah. three parts of his knee have gone. I think. Yes. Yeah. It sounds Is horrible. Right, Jono, yeah. yeah, yeah, apparently so. And uh, you know, he's his, pretty his, much buggered. Yeah, his explosiveness is probably his best attribute. So. Yes. Oh God. I hate saying it because I love him. I, I think he was absolutely brilliant for us. He took a little bit of time to warm up, but when he got going, he was class. Brilliant against City twice. Yeah. Uh, number of games he was very good, but the standouts are obviously the two City games where he was where he was excellent. And yeah. uh, he was improving technically because he was very raw when he came here, but. I remember our first goal away to Man City. He played a lovely outside of foot pass. Oh, that was never mentioned. None of the commentators got onto that, and I was going, yeah. "You've got to give the lab a brace for that ball." Yeah, you know, it, was, it was it was great vision and the execution with the outside of his foot. I'm so glad you just mentioned that because I was going nuts yeah. at the time about <laughs> it. Because everybody saw him as this like he played wing back in his last season at Arsenal or a winger. Everyone was just like he's just straightforward. He's going to push the ball ahead of himself and run straight. Yeah. But he's he's much more than that. I mean, his physical attributes are obviously his best things, and we shouldn't discount them. But he's a much more refined footballer than he gets given credit for. Yeah. And Klopp, Klopp was really unearthing that, and it's just it's just shit luck for everybody involved. I feel yeah, so bad for him. Yeah. Yeah. Must be absolutely devastating. Yeah. yeah. But going home to our friends is La- uh, it's okay. <laughs> Lads, I am aware of the time. We are a bit over an hour now, so I'm going to have to do, I'm going to have to push to do the summary of the team, and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to lay the bench down, and then you can kind of ask who's missing and stuff like that. So, in goal, Allison, Trent, Lovren, Van Dyke, Robbo, Keita, Fabinho, Ginny, Salah, Bobby, Mane. That's the summary of the first team, and I've put down on the bench here, Carius, Matip, Moreno, Henderson, Milner, Shakiri, and Sturridge on the bench. And maybe Klein for Moreno, and then maybe Lalana for probably Milner out of them too. But it does look quite a strong team. It does look like a strong bench, that, doesn't it? Um, and of course, after that, who you got after that is Solanke and uh, Curtis Jones, people like that who aren't even getting on the bench. Mm. Yeah, so it's a spare midfielder as well there. So you know, whoever doesn't make it between Lalana and Milner, you've got another one that is, isn't even making the bench. It's mental. Yeah. <laughs> Add Clavin and Gomez. Yeah, as it's well. good though. It's, it's what we. Yeah. It, well, yeah. Yeah, it, you have Clavin and Gomez as well. So it, it's yeah, it looks great, doesn't it? For the first time, guys, you've got to be 
you've got to be made up going into the season and thinking, you know, finally we've got some depth and we've got the quality, certainly, and this quality goes beyond 11. Um, That's so, yeah, the thing. Good. You've got yep. the beauty of that bench is you can now bring on two players to either chase, well, you can bring on two players to chase a win, so like Shakiri and Sturridge, or one player to shore things up and go to a, like a double pivot in defensive midfield, like say Henderson's not started, he could come on and join Fabinho or, you know, there's so much variation and we can, we can shore up wins or we can chase wins. So yeah. Yeah. Really and exciting. it's, it's a scope for rotation. I mean, we rotate a lot around November, December uh, of last year, but it's just very simple logic I have. The more you rotate, the more your players are fresher for other games so they can do Definitely. what they do best and press and harangue and, run a lot more than they would have if they had played more often so it's just all about keeping everyone fresh and hopefully come the end of the season we can hit our peak form so yeah. it just gives us absolutely. more room for maneuver yeah. absolutely but i think that has been a very a very good discussion i mean there was <laughs> pretty much most of it was set apart from center mid and right center back let's <laughs> yes yeah. but uh it was a good discussion and we and we did like to whack lyrical about storage and and whatnot on the front three but uh, i hope you've all enjoyed that podcast uh thanks for listening everybody thanks for joining me you guys uh i'm not sure what the next ai extra podcast will be but it'll probably end up being me hosting it but thanks for listening goodbye Network.